Hello, you are listening to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for the woman who is suffering from digestive issues like IBS and SIBO. I am your host, Carly Raven. I am a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert, and mother. My mission is to help educate you about IBS and SIBO and take you on a journey to resolving your digestive issues. I will have real conversations and give you solutions that I know actually work. So if you're ready to be bloat-free, poo better, have more energy and become free from the fear of food, then you are in the right place. Hello and welcome back to the Nourish Gut Podcast. Uh, We're diving into part two um, in an episode series on the low FODMAP diet. So if you haven't yet listened to part one, press pause, go back, listen to that episode, and then come back to this episode. So in the last one, we talked about why you should do the FODMAP diet, um, why you shouldn't, um, and my opinion on the diet and maybe some some of the risks of just doing the FODMAP diet to resolve your gut issues. The focus on today's episode is about getting fiber like plant-based or food diversity while on the low FODMAP diet. Okay. Because, or like, let's extend this. Like, like, let's not just talk about the low FODMAP diet today. Let's talk about like any type of restrictive diet, like a food elimination, histamine diet, low salicylate diets, the AIP, the gaps. Like if you are doing any type of diet at the moment and you have cut out a heap of foods for a short period of time you might be doing a protocol with a professional um i want to talk about diversity on those because sometimes what happens is people go on these protocols um they take a whole heap of food out and then we start to starve the large intestine and we see uh consequences occurring there right and then you know we deprive the bacteria and then they start to die off and things like that. So fiber is the most important fuel for your large intestine and your microbiome in the large bowel where it is really abundant and where it should be abundant. So for certain reasons, you've probably recommended like the biphasic diet or a SIBO diet or low FODMAP diet or any of the ones that we were just mentioning. And that is fine. So long as you're doing that in the short term, your long-term goal with working with a health professional should always be to end up with more things in your diet than less okay other than you know a few exceptions um if you're just cutting out gluten or dairy or reducing you know excess meat and things like that then you would probably end up eating um less and that could have a positive impact but generally speaking with carbohydrates and fruits and veggies and grains and whole foods you want to end up eating you know, being more diverse after you've corrected your gut issues. And if you're not, then potentially the underlying cause hasn't been fixed. Okay. So my top tips for diversity on these diets, um, you can actually go and download my gut 40 resource. It's free. It's one of my freebies and we dive deep into this. Um, so it's like listed there, all of the different things, but probably one of the biggest things you need to do is like be really clear on what you can have as part of these diet therapies and make sure you're not eating the same thing every day of the week for weeks and weeks and weeks because you're not going to be providing enough differential fibers 
for for your gut. And I and this is the issue that I have with a lot of these diets long term is that you're just never going to rotate through enough. You probably in some cases don't even have enough. And this is why you get stuck with eating the same thing every single meal, everything uh, every single day. So I think if you have the scope, write down the things that you can, have a list on your fridge. And when you do your shopping, try and buy something different. Make a different meal, add a different vegetable or whole food or grain, you know, or, you know, as you're moving through this uh, diet therapy that you've been given, um, make sure that you're adding new things in gradually. Take that really slow approach and gently introduce it. And that could be a teaspoon at a time. It doesn't have to be like this really big meal full of, you know, um, garlic and onion and, you know, all the things that you haven't been eating. Don't do that because you're probably going to react and your gut might be a bit overwhelmed, especially if you're not treating the underlying cause at the same time. So I really want to make it clear that food diversity, plant-based diversity is is king. Um, and there's so many different things that you can do uh, to diversify that from the different ranges of vegetables and fruits and things that you're eating. Even like just herbs and spices, like if you're on these diets, you know, look at whether you can have herbs and spices because they also count to it. So they're the really easy things that you can do. And often they don't actually cause a lot of issues um, in a lot of these diets and they're allowable. So, you know, when you're making your chicken, put herbs on them, put spices on them and things like that to the so that your bacteria in the large bowel can at least be, you know, thriving off those as well. Um, I would definitely suggest, um, you know, just being really super clear on what you can and can't have if you're doing a certain diet therapy, um, and, and making, you know, doing, getting some recipes and rotating through different recipes, um, so that you don't end up worse from a large bowel perspective. Um, and I think it's all about the timing, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months even, is probably okay and your your bowel would be able to cope with that but if you go beyond two three four five months um eating the same thing all of the time you're not going to be having a positive impact um, on the large intestine and you know the gut is so transient like the bowel sorry is incredibly transient and even the subtlest of changes whether that is removal or adding something in will have an effect on your microbiome so I think sometimes we underestimate the impact of, you know, food removal and how detrimental that can be ha- be having. When I look at microbiome testing, so much of it, like already, I would say majority of the population have a low diversity of gut bacteria and a higher percentage of things like proteobacteria and infections and things like that. And then if you go in and start depriving the environment and killing off the ones that are good in there, and not feeding them properly and then they can't thrive, then I just don't think this is the best thing that we can be doing uh, for our patients or for you as an individual. So if you're currently doing a dietary therapy, uh, you are cutting out heaps of foods or maybe you've got a fear of food, I would say start by rotating different foods and trying to create more diversity and I do think that you need to reach out and start working on the underlying cause. If you're already working with someone, keep going, but have that discussion about, okay, great, I'm doing this now, but what later? What's going to follow on from this protocol? How am I going to add these foods back in? 
And, you know, do you have recipes and resources that I can use so that I feel really confident in, you know, preserving the health of the large intestine as well? Because as I mentioned, so many people, the general population have a low diversity um, and that could be you. And, and, and the diet therapy that you've been giving could be making that worse. And in the short term, that's okay. And you can recover from that um, as well. But I just, I'm just going to be the devil's advocate a little bit, you know, and, 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 and just plant these seeds, whether you're a practitioner, a health professional, or, you know, an individual um, out there with gut issues. I think it's an important discussion to be having um, because, yeah, as I mentioned, so many people have low diversity and a fear of food and we need to be moving away from that and, and truly helping people work through this stuff. So if you haven't yet, please go and download the Gut40 resource. It's a freebie. Um, lots of beautiful tips that I've put in there on how to get more diversity. Um, and, you know, you're aiming for 40 a day. So, you know, if you could imagine if you're on a very restrictive diet, it's, it's going to be very unlikely um, that you're going to be hitting 40 a day. And, you know, some of my SIBO patients that go through my SIBO diet therapy um, don't get that, you know, but I talk to them about the importance of this and the diversity um, and making sure that, you know, they're feeding that microbiome or they're on a prebiotic or they're on a probiotic and things like that. Okay. So there's so much more we can do rather than just eliminate all the foods. I hope that's helpful. Please let me know if you have any questions and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Did you like what you heard? Leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about my Nourish Gut program or the Nourish Gut Kids membership, head over to my website. Would you like to be a part of a community that gets it? Join our Facebook group, Nourish Gut Community, or come and follow me over on Instagram. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time on the Nourish Gut Podcast.